Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Recorded live. Brainosaur presents the Weekday Warriors of Welcome to the Weekday Wars of Wrestling on October 10, 2017. I am Eric Lancey, joined as always by Patrick Kelly. We are very happy to be here, and we're happy to have you joining us. We definitely appreciate all your support. Make sure you like us, tweet us, share us, all those fun things. We always appreciate it. Um, So I guess, Patrick, we can start talking about the the big news of this week, uh, which was the Shield reunion, which wasn't really much of a surprise, but... I don't think it was supposed to be. It was more uh, a, a culmination to a lot of the vignettes and the spots that they've been building up for the past uh, few weeks. Yeah, and credit to them. They've been building this up for a while, if you go back to the Seth Rollins and Dean uh, Ambrose stuff that they were doing over the summer. So, uh, yeah. like you said, this feels like a culmination, something the fans have been waiting for for a while now. Yeah, um, and we opened the show with it, which um, – I thought it was an interesting place to do it, as many people had pointed out that this was where the Shield debuted at Survivor Series 2012, and it's mm. where the Shield broke up in 2014. So, a little bit of kismet there. Um, but uh, yeah, no, we we had him we had him come back and uh, attack the ring like they used to. Dean Ambrose seemed to have a lot more fire than he normally does, um, and Roman got really. Uh, got, got huge cheers. Yeah, well, what they were doing with him wasn't really working in that regard as far as getting respect from the fan base goes, so might as well revert him back to the part of his career where the fans did like him. Yeah, and it's like, uh, pa- and, and and part of me thinks like, oh, maybe they, they can actually, I feel like th- this will only last for a little little while and i don't think mm-hmm. I, I feel like they're going to expect it to like carry over to to a roman babyface run but I, honestly i think the biggest thing to do would have j- just have roman turn on the two guys at tlc then he's a nuclear heel then you actually have a reason for people to boo him storyline wise and mm-hmm. then you can write yourself out of the corner by having braun Strowman not lose um so so yeah i, I think that would be interesting but i mean it, it's definitely Having them back is an attraction, and attraction is something WWE doesn't have a lot of. But, I mean, Braun Strowman should be the fucking world champion right now. I mean, like, Brock Lesnar having the title is so silly for me. Like, like all this mm-hmm. stuff that Braun's been doing with Seth and Dean and stuff. Like, I, I just, like, you had this guy put over Lesnar clean. Like, it, it just, to me, is, ugh. But, anyway, that's that's a digression. Um so yeah, I thought I thought the Shield stuff was generally good, um, and 
I like the four on three thing because I, the idea that that you know the Shield are the most successful like group in WWE history, like kayfabe wise, they've like beaten everybody they ever faced except for the Wide family, really. Um, which you know, that's yeah, they're the only now. ones I can think of. Yeah. Um, and that was when the Wide family like meant something. I mean, we all remember that elimination chamber match in twenty. 20- mm-hmm. 14, which was incredible and like a match of the year candidate for most people. Um, and now you're looking at Bray Wyatt and he's like, ah, I have a sheet over my face. So there's that. Um, but, you know, hey, he's I, I, transgender, too. Let's this is very progressive what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. I would I would I would I wonder if somebody pitched it to Vince like that. I wonder if that's um, I can see them doing that uh, anyway. So. Yeah, so I like the idea that, like, you know, I feel like the Shield versus Miz in the bar is, like, the Shield will win that one. But then you throw Braun in, and Braun's, like, the single version of the Shield, whereas, like, you know, he just kills everybody except for Roman and Brock because they're the two greatest things ever. So, um, but even Braun against Roman, I I think his win-loss record is fairly... It's about even, I think. Well, okay, so Roman beat him at at the February pay-per-view and then Braun beat him in April. And I want to say again in like July. That sounds right. Yeah. So yeah, I think maybe Braun has like, has over on him. I do think Braun has over on him. Um, I'm sure they'll have something in the Royal rumble where Roman Reigns gets it back. But um, yeah, so, so Braun is like the guy that's kind of solved everyone here. Um, So that adds a little something to it. So I do like that. I think that's a worthy main event. And, um, you actually have like an attraction, which is which is nice because you know with mm-hmm. ten thousand pay per views you don't normally get that. Um, that said, I'm watching Braun Strowman and Matt Hardy, and holy God, Matt Hardy without his gimmick and his brother is just like an old fat guy, and it's not <laughs> fun for anyone to watch. Well, that's the problem, um, and we were talking about this back at around WrestleMania time when they first came back to the company. Uh, them trying to be Team Extreme, like the young, hip, you know, exciting young guys that they were 16 years ago, that doesn't work. Uh, that's why the broken gimmick was such a, a, a necessary change for him. It breathed a whole new life into his career. But without that, he's just, like you said, an older, fatter version of what he was 16 years ago, and it just looks sad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jeff, I think you can get by a little better, but even then it's like, yeah, you know. Um, I'm looking at pictures of both Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy right now, and there's a picture of Jeff, and he's got like he's got like a bucket, a wool bucket hat on, and he looks like he's in the Backstreet Boys. I kid you not. <laughs> I don't. I have no idea current. what this is from. Um, is it a newer picture, older picture? It's from like I would say like 2000, 99, 2000. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at um, – here's a Jeff Hardy yearbook picture from 1995. Yeah. Anyway, um, all right. So uh, we had Jason Jordan beat Apollo Crews. I'm, and by Apollo Crews, I mean Carl Anderson because I, my eyes glazed over be, just reading that thing. Um <laughs> <laughs> Elias beat Apollo Crews for, like, the 19th time. Elias is so great. Um, Patrick, I know you saw bits and pieces of this, but he cuts a promo where he, he talks. He's like, 
we're in Indianapolis on an Indianapolis night. And then he says, and then nobody wants to, nobody wants him to play. So he says, well, if you all feel like that, maybe I won't play a song. And then everybody cheers. And he's like, just kidding. I love hearing the sound of my own voice. And he just plays anyway. But Elias <laughs> is, is just uh, some great next level healing. And normally I think it's like kind of boring when heels are like, oh, I'm just going to insult the local town. But I love how much effort goes into it with Elias. And he's like, I hate these towns so much that I'm going to write long songs about them. And about if they're not even like burns or anything. They're just like casual insults. Like you people are really awful. <laughs> yeah, uh, Elias Sampson, he really plays his character to the hilt. Now, quick question, when did they drop the last name? Like a month and a half ago. Okay, because I just kind of looked up one day, it's like, wait a minute, they're not calling him Elias Sampson anymore. No, they don't even call him the Drifter anymore, they just call him Elias. I don't know why Vince hates last names. He hates first names, so it depends on the wrestlers. Like, I think you can get by with just one name. I think it'll yeah. work. Like when uh, TNA called Christopher Daniels just Daniels for some yeah, reason. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Kazarian, right? They didn't call him Frankie. Yeah, they dropped the Frankie. Yeah, you're right. For a while, um, it was just Kaz. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, we saw Enzo Mori come out and cut another great promo like i think enzo's really like bringing it on the mic uh these days i mean and not that enzo was ever bad okay i'm sorry the material he's given an opportunity where he can grow and actually be an obnoxious asshole character on purpose which is great because he's he's really like a piece of shit as a character and it's so it's great to actually see you encouraged to boo him um, so I like that they explained the whole, like, oh, why couldn't anyone touch me? And I figured it was because, no, he just signed Kalisto. So, um, I thought that was a good, good angle. I thought it was a good, good excuse to why Kalisto could touch him. Um, and I thought the, the segment worked really well. And, you know, like for the first time in like a long time, like, like we said, Neville kind of started that step up for the cruiserweight division and Enzo's really bringing some character to it. And look at Neville like the Dean Malenko and maybe Enzo as the Chris Jericho, you know, like like yeah. bringing some character to it. And uh, Kalisto, um, you know, so he wins later in the night. Um, I, I think you can do a lot of interesting stuff, but, like, they told this pretty complete story in, like, the span of three weeks of Enzo yeah. cheating to win against Neville, doing the double turn, uh, trashing the cruiserweights, having a cru- uh, uh, someone not signed to the cruiserweight division come out and represent them, and then beat Enzo. Like, it's a pretty concise, like, good story, you know? So, um, I think um, I think this is done well. I mean, they've, like, I feel like they've been bringing their game writing-wise to the cruiserweight division, at least for the title. Like, everything else is still, like, ugh, you know. Guys have tag matches, but uh, yeah, I agree with you. Like, it felt nice for the Cruiserweight division to actually have a story for once, which has been sorely lacking, at least in the last few months or so. My yeah. only concern is, is that, all right, now that Enzo's lost the title, what do we do now? Like, have they blown through their one story? No, because I think uh, I think you'll have a rematch at the pay-per-view. And so apparently the reason that they did this, and I think it makes sense, is because they wrote themselves in, in the corner with, like, no one can touch me is you know while I'm the champion. So presumably when he wins it back, he'll have like a like people can challenge him again. So hopefully he wins it back from Kalisto, and then you can have him run through the gamut with maybe 
maybe more of a Kalisto feud, maybe a Cedric Alexander, you know, he can go through and like, hopefully like if, if I'm booking this, if it's me, I'm using Enzo to make guys. I'm like, I'm using him as a Ric Flair, as a Triple H, as a Shawn Michaels, as a whoever to make stars out of that division. Like, cause Enzo can talk and Enzo is going to get the segments over so the idea is you give somebody the opportunity. This is this is when WWE means like guys need to step up on scripted shows. Here's like like here's what they're talking about. If you get put in a in a in a segment with a guy who can talk and and has charisma and you get put in there and you make and you can make it work with him, that's this is exactly what what they're talking about. And normally it doesn't make much sense, but in this case it does. So hopefully they can use Enzo to create some new stars and um we can get somewhere. Agreed. Yeah, sounds really good. And like you said, there are some interesting challengers that they could throw up against. We've got Cedric back. We've got Jack Gallagher. We've got uh, quite a few guys. So, yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. And thank yeah. God Kalisto's finally in the cruiserweight division where he should have been. Oh, my God. Why, why was it like we're not doing anything with him? So, like, you know, whose idea was this? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but you got you – got, I'm going through here. You got Tazawa – you got yeah. Uh, let me go through. Drew Gulak. Well, he's a heel. So. Uh, yeah. Now you got uh, Alexander. You've got um. No, I'm Dar. Yeah, he's also a heel. So. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. He's a heel because he's in love with Alicia Fox. Yeah. Grand Metallic. Um. Uh. Y- you know what? If I'm and you can get some dudes on SmackDown over, I think. Like, you can get, like, um, I feel like James Ellsworth could come over and be, like, a ridiculous champion or or even a character, you know? Um, mm-hmm. uh, what else? Anyway, you got, like, fucking, like, Rich Swan. You got, like, four to five guys. That's good enough, I think. So, yeah. so there's that. Um, good enough. Uh, yeah. Uh, do, 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 do. All right, so what else do we have here? Let me go back. Um, we got that Finn Balor Bray Wyatt feud. I don't even want to talk about that. That's worthless. So Emma, Emma won a Fatal Five Way, in which was such a shitty setup. Like my fiance and I are watching this, and it's like this is one of those times where you can't like defend pro wrestling. So for for anyone who didn't see it, like it's one of those shitty WWE sets up a match segments. So instead of yeah. being like, here's a match that we have, they have everybody stand shoulder to shoulder, and Bailey and Sasha are like, I should face Asuka. No, I should. And then Alicia Fox comes over and goes, it, like you know, it's just it, this is why people are like, man, wrestlers are bad actors. It's like segments <laughs> like this is the exact reason for it. And you're like, holy shit. Um, and then Dana Brooke comes out, and it's just like, like, okay, so not only are the performances in this all bad, so it's not like, like, oh, well, it doesn't make sense, but at least, like, it was, like, good from that standpoint. So not only mm-hmm. that, but it's just like, I hate, I just, we talk about it all the time, and it's never going to change with WWE, because it's what they do, and people accept it enough. But, like, I hate it, like, like oh, so who's going to face Asuka? Like, if you're a fucking like sports league commissioner or you're in charge of something, my first 
like process, my first thought process when I sign Oscar, assuming this is real, because we're supposed to pretend this is real, right? So if right. I'm signing Oscar, my first thought is, who is she going to face? I'm not two weeks away saying, well, you know what? I don't have anyone, so I hope everybody just stands around and argues, and then I can put everyone in the division in a match, and we can decide who can face Oscar. Like, it, it's just so. It's so dumb, and it's like Vince is you like, think oh. the match would have been set the minute they signed Oscar. Like yeah. we've got a match yeah. up for you already. Here you go. Well, it's like why can't they have? I I just don't understand why they think they have to do these things. Like if they didn't have that segment, it'd be like, why are they fighting? I don't understand it because they want to win and be in a prominent position on a pay per view. Can't you have Michael Cole and Corey Graves tell that story on commentary? Do you have to have this segment? Is it like I, I nobody wins with this? Nobody wins. The talent don't get over. Uh, it it hurts your overall brand because you look like fucking idiots for putting this shit on, and like it, it just makes it seem you're like okay. So I, I'm not trying to suggest that we're like oh like everybody's gonna think wrestling is real if they do this or whatever. I like I'm not, but I'm saying is like for two hours you could fall into suspension of disbelief and buy that like oh these guys are competing against each other so like but you can't with stuff like this we're like here's a camera we don't notice it's here except when we do there's no internal consistency to the logic it's just so fucking bad well that's the difference between what wwe does and what lucha underground does where lucha underground does all these wacky unbelievable fucking things with katrina and mil muertes having magical powers and all sorts of wacky crap but for that one hour, I'd buy it because everything Lucha Underground does is consistent within their own, their own uh, universe and what yeah. they've done. It's totally With consistent. WWE, it's way more logical than WWE. It is. It, it's kind of incredible, actually. But, uh, yeah, with WWE, they just uh, – they're under the delusion that the process of matchmaking makes for compelling television. And for some reason, every single character that is a matchmaker is a freaking moron that doesn't know how to run the show. And, and then they, the like, case. come up with an idea, and they're like, this is great, this is a great idea. So here's what I like, and because and, I, I know some some people may say, oh, well, it doesn't make any sense. How can you say there's any logic to, like, there's a time traveler and a dragon on the other show? So here's what I'll say. This is the yeah. best way that I can put it for you. If you say, if there's a show, and the show has has, like, giant purple people, and they all use glowing red lava rocks to fight and if you get touched by this glowing red lava rock you die so i don't give a shit of how that glowing red lava rock came to be all i know is oh it's dangerous so if you touch somebody with this rock they die so if people are fighting with a rock and then they get touched by it and then they don't die you're like well wait a second everybody else died why is this guy not dying like it's not it doesn't make any sense so I don't care if I'm watching a Space Odyssey or a horror movie or whatever, but the rules that you set up have to work. So if WWE is like, oh, well, you know, um, I don't know, uh, these cameras are here, so we're going to have an interview segment and we're going to talk to people, but then sometimes they're not, like, there's no, there, there's nothing to it, you know? And, and that mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing I would say between... Like, like, why doesn't anyone book the show ahead of time? Like, Dario Cueto books his shows ahead of time. Like, why wouldn't he? Yeah, he makes matches for the next week. Almost yeah, every does, show, yeah. it seems. And, that, so, and that's, the, yeah, that's the thing with, like, having a three-hour show, is you're like, oh, we got to have so much more fucking content. 
<laughs> you know, that, that's a big part of it, but they've been doing this whole, like, hey, it, it, this goes back to the Attitude Era, this whole, like, yeah, hey, it let's book the night 98, up. 99, yeah. And make tag matches and do all this other stuff. It was part of that kind of guerrilla warfare thing with WCW where they just had to book on the fly to keep it interesting. But, yeah. you know, those things that, you know, that formula that broke the mold and became like the hot new thing, it's kind of become the big cliche now. And Well, it's it, not it broke the mold and now it's the mold. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh. And, uh, I mean, there's a reason why Teddy Long became kind of a meme with, with making tag matches. It's just we... We've seen it over and over again. The and Undertaker and Randy Orton. In a tag match. Yeah. Let's make a tag team match. Um, how have you been enjoying uh, Lucha Underground's Lucha Ultimate Lucha Trace? Uh, honestly, first two shows I thought were very good. We talked about the Hell of a War match. I really enjoyed that. And I thought last week's show with the, uh, the mask versus hair match was awesome. Yeah, I thought it was great. I love that. Um, uh, very well done. Um, yeah, great stuff all around. And like, I, I every young wrestler needs to watch that match to understand like nuances of storytelling, emotion, mm-hmm. drama. Because by the end, you're just like, you're. I don't care if you're like the biggest heel mark contrarian fans. You're like pumping your arms for Phoenix to get that win. And they do so many smart things in that. So. Marty's like, you know, got the giving the, got the scissors. He's gonna rip off Phoenix's mask, and Melissa gets up on the apron. She's like, Marty, no, stop. Go, we'll go together with you and me. Uh, blah 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 blah. And Marty finally puts the scissors down. Now, if we're in WWE, here's what happens. Marty goes over there, and Melissa like kicks him in the balls and whatever, and then Phoenix pins him for the win. That's what WWE would do. But the problem with that is, despite the fact that Marty's the villain, and he's doing villainous things. Her using his emotions to to lure him over and attack him is kind of a cagey, sinister move. It, it's like you you could see where the audience is like, uh, but in this case, what Marty does is he puts the scissors down and then he puts his hands on her and tries to force a kiss. So you've then taken any chance of Marty getting any sympathy in a situation like that, and you've turned it on its head. There's now no way anyone's going to cheer him, and then. Phoenix is able to come over, and then after that, after Melissa's been attacked and abducted and all that stuff, then she's able to hit him because she's been provoked, and then Phoenix gets the win, So, uh, and he gets his comeuppance. So, like, that's how it should go, and it's just, like, so many small things there are like, oh, well, this is why, it's interesting why this works and why it wouldn't work if it was done this way, you know? Right, exactly, and... uh I don't know what it is about Marty the Moth. I don't know if it's the writing of Lucha Underground. I don't know if it's uh, his performance entirely having input into it. I don't know. But he is just stellar in just about everything he does. Yeah, no, I think he's a great I think he's a great worker, and I think he's he's a great character. Like, he, his performance, I, I, I think you can give that character to any, like, just random indie worker, and it would be nothing remarkable that you haven't seen from a thousand, like, Cactus Jack clones or you know, mm-hmm. Jersey all pro wrestling characters or whatever. But Marty just, I, I think the intensity and just how he jumps into it as far as, like, commitment is, like, such a, such a, um, it's so good, you know? Yeah, I agree. And, uh, yeah, that match was really, really good. And it's, is this is what they're going to do all four weeks, just give us, like, a match of the year candidate in the main event of the yeah, show? Because they're yeah. kind of killing it right now. And what do we have? 
earlier in the show. I don't even remember. Uh, we had the Battle Royal that the Mac won to give him the trio's title shot. Yes. Uh, and, oh, and um, Katrina and Ivelisse. Yes. And it was good to see Evie back after breaking her ankle 14 times in a row. Um, <laughs> and finally yeah, that coming back. was a surprisingly back. good match. I wasn't sure what to expect out of that one, but that was pretty good. Yeah, it was good. Um, she went over clean. I thought it was good. Fucking Dario Cueto. Like, I can't remember the actor's name who plays him, but we always talk about how amazing he is. But the best part is, like, he's just, he does the little things, right? Like, they crash into his office, and then he's, like, looking around, and he's, like, he's such a ham, but it's, like, totally within his character, and it's just so amazing. He gives this look, like, what are you guys doing in here? It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, he's really good. Like, he's kind of the, he's the heart and soul of that whole show, really. If you're a, if you're a wrestler on that show and you're not like picking that dude's brain for performance tips, like you you're making a big mistake and wasting a lot of resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's, uh, you talk about bad acting in wrestling. It's kind of you when you look at someone like Dario Cueto, you see the value in having acting experience on a wrestling show. It just classes the whole thing up a lot more. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like it's. it's I mean, great actors, regardless of whether you, um, you know, you do it in front of a small crowd or not. But if you're a great actor, you're probably going to get over in wrestling, just because if you, you you instinctively know how to work a crowd. So, um, mm-hmm. and we've talked yeah. about this before, but really, like WWE as part of their developmental should consider getting an acting coach for these guys. Yeah, I would imagine they have. They have so many like weight coaches and stuff. Like, I would I would hope they would have one. Um, yeah. I mean, I know that I've heard they've done, like, quote-unquote promo classes, but yeah, that's I mean, Dusty, the same thing. Yeah, Dusty gave that to them. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I think they've got great guys there. I mean, they've got, like, Sean and Scott Hall are there, um, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of, like, really talented people that, that work there. Um, so it's... Yeah, I mean, they should have a promo class. I mean, uh, 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 like an acting coach, I think. Because it's important. I mean, they have to do so much shit. I mean, and there's guys, and I don't know if they've... I would imagine Aleister Black's promos are not... uh, Like, have nothing to do with the Performance Center. Because he, like, cut a pretty good promo on the Velveteen Dream. And, like... But I, I imagine it's just from him and his experience. And doesn't... Like, they didn't create anything in regards to that. So... Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, what else? Uh, um, I've not seen King of Pro Wrestling yet. I haven't read the results. Have you seen it at all? No, so we shouldn't talk about it then. Okay. Um. Good idea. Did you see... Oh, uh, we haven't talked about Hell in the Cell. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, we didn't. There was a pay-per-view. Uh, One of the or... 4,500 that WWE puts on every year. Yes, um... Where is it? Oh, there it is. Um, so I guess the big thing here was Sami Zayn turning heel, and after Shane, who now just jumps off cells, that's his bit now, I guess, uh, <laughs> saved Kevin Look, Owens. the dude wants to die, apparently. I don't I know. I guess so. He's like, oh, I'm Vince McMahon's son. Uh. Um, <laughs> so he jumps off the cell, and Sammy pulls him away, and Let's him get the pin. So uh, 
I kind of like this booking decision. I like the the opportunity to see Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn as a pair, and that Kevin Owens has maybe infected Sami. And like, I, I think it's going to be better than what they had Sami Zayn doing, which was not much. Um, so I think that you. And get by a, not much, you mean almost nothing. I mean, yes, he was not empty on the show. Yeah. So I think this is an opportunity to, to give him something to kind of sink his teeth into. I agree. Uh, yeah, this was a very nice twist ending. This is the first time in a while, uh, as far as pay-per-views are concerned, where but you didn't did see and you didn't see it coming at all. Didn't see it coming at all, and it legitimately has me intrigued. Like, oh, okay, I want to see where they go with this. Yeah, yeah. Um, Usos and New Day had another fantastic match. Um, I feel like we they say that well together. a lot. Yeah, uh, both teams are like super are clicking super well. Um, Interesting they didn't put Kofi in there. It's like they, they're they really getting to trust Xavier Woods with these big matches. And he's and he's delivered. Like, he really yeah. has. Oh, well, I mean, this is like mm-hmm. the best matches the New Day's ever had, you know, so. Yeah. Um, uh, Corbin won the U.S. title, which is so funny because, like, like dude's been jobbed out for, like, three months. Yeah. So, of course, he wins. That's what they do. I mean, they'll they they always job push a guy. It's like, okay, we've made him look like crap. Now we can put a belt on him. Although I would imagine that they're just kind of doing that to get AJ into the world title picture. Well, yeah, Jinder's got to work with somebody now. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about that, Jinder Mahal. They feel like I was under the impression they were going to give him Nakamura. I mean, not at this show, but like a few weeks ago, I was like, oh, well, they're probably going to give it to Nakamura. It will just be a longer chase. And, and you know, because they want to have an international superstar. But, nope, he just beat him. He beat him clean. And there you go. <laughs> and to me, it's, it's it's so funny because, like, like how sales – like, ticket sales for both Raw and SmackDown are down. And I know – Way and, down. Yeah, and they're like – and they're always like, oh, it's so funny when Romo is like, I'm selling tickets you haven't sold in five years. I'm like, well, really? Are you? Because – I don't think you are selling those tickets because they're available. <laughs> um, and it's like it's yeah. like this. It, it's not working right now. Like I mean, you can say you could say a few things. I mean, profitability has been declining in the past few years. Um, and you know, you you look at this, and it's just like I mean, people are not like. Interest. I mean, couldn't you have had Jinder as, like, a face secondary champion? Did you have to have him as, as the WWE champion? Did it have to, like, happen fucking immediately? Like, I feel like – so here's here's what I, here's how I look at it from, like, a business perspective. So, okay, your goal is to is to make a star in India and, and tap into the Indian market. So, okay, well, why not do it correctly? Why have a month build for Jinder to win the title – from a guy you just put it on and we're going to seemingly do something with. And instead, why not build him up over a period of time? Was it so he you could get to these magical November India this India tour and have him as champion because I'm pr- like I'm pretty fucking sure you're going to sell out there because they never get pro wrestling and they're this rabid market. So, like, why did it have to be done at the expense of the U.S. market and the U.S. television shows? Like, you see, like, like 
you could have done this anyway. You could have done it slower. It wouldn't have affected anything. The only thing that WWE has done is hurt their, their ticket sales, their ratings, their creativity, anything in the U.S., and and the fact is, like, I love what they've done with the presentation of Jinder. I love, like, you know, I love his look. I love the presentation as far as the entrances and stuff. But, you know, the bell rings. And then you're like, ugh. So it's Whatever. like, yeah, it, it, it's like, couldn't you have, like, it, it, it just makes no sense to me. Yeah, and you talked about him being a baby face, and I think that was something that we talked about much earlier in his run. Um, it would have made more sense for him to be a baby face, but if, you know, they knew that they were going to do this India tour months in advance. Okay, why not build him up over the course of the year? To challenge. Schedule the, yes, exactly. Schedule the title match in India and work it that way. Yeah, if they but, wanted to do the world title, then sure, yeah. Yeah, because... I mean, I prefer you do a, a secondary of, title with him, but, the, you know... Either or. Like, yeah, just get get a big title match out of him in India and see if you can make him a star along the way, and then... Hopefully, if the title match goes well, that would mean he would transfer over and be a big star in the U.S. as well. But, yeah, you know, they but didn't handle you, any you've, of this. You've hindered the U.S. portion of it so you can market to India, which, like, you didn't have to. So, uh, ugh. <laughs> Just silly, silly, silly stuff. Um, so, yeah, uh, do you think Jinder's going to hold the belt until Mania? I have heard the rumor is that he is going to do that, and then Cena's just going to beat him, so. Oh, yippee. Yeah. Yippee skippy. Yeah. And here we all thought we were going to get AJ versus Nakamura at WrestleMania. <laughs> Which I guess we can still you get might. it. You might. It might not. It won't be for the title, but you might get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, no. Like, none of the big shows this year am I, like, frothing at the mouth to see anything like on the smackdown side like i guess aj and nakamura on the raw side like not like nothing so far that's been proposed appeals to me wrestle kingdom i'm like like yeah i'm sure okada and naito will be good but like i just really wanted okada omega like part 14 like i thought that would have been <laughs> i i don't know that that appeals to me more um but you know, whatever. I um, think they're going to do, and this is just a guess on my part, given how the Dominion match went, I think they're going to do Cody versus Omega. Yeah, I think I I, I think they should. Um, oh, you're saying at Wrestle Kingdom. At, at Wrestle Kingdom, yeah. Interesting. And then maybe yeah. have Cody take over Bullet Club? Yeah, I think that's what the feud is going to be over. But we'll we'll see. We've got three, four months. Yeah, well, that would be good. I would enjoy that yeah. actually. You've now you've now rescued me, and I do want to see like like I mean Okada Naito will be great. Like Okada's like like on like fucking next level bullshit, you know. And like, <laughs> Naito's great too, but um, but that yeah that 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 uh, that gets my motor revving. Um, yeah, and they've also teased Tanahashi versus Ibushi, which would be really interesting. I don't know if they're going to do it at WrestleMania, yeah. maybe do it at. Uh, their next big show, but uh, that could be a great one. There aren't too many big ones in between, so I would imagine Wrestle Kingdom would be when you would see it. Um, Mm -hmm. Here, Uh, Okay, so NXT, did you see this show? I did see the show. Um, Yeah, that's that's it. I saw the show, so. Yeah. um, 
we had the main event with McIntyre and Roderick Strong uh, for the Fine NXT match. title. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, I mean, you just like... I do like the idea at the end of Undisputed coming out and saying, um, or Undisputed Air or whatever they're called, and, and like, oh, hey, Roddy, it's okay. I like, they're like, here's our, like, Ring of Honor, like, stable, and you, you're supposed to be in it, you know, so that's interesting to me. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but, I mean, you just see, like, as much as I loved what they've done with Roderick Strong, with that interview Roderick Strong did in the back before the match, it's just like, you're, like, just not on that level. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. He is what he is. Uh, but it's just like you see, like I like Drew McIntyre is like a money player. Like he's he's he he can do anything Drew, Roderick Strong can do. Also, he's like six seven, made out of bricks, um, mm-hmm. and he can talk. So it's just like you know, yeah. To me, it's like I well, don't think they're gonna take it off this dude. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I didn't think so either. Um, well, going back to his Ring of Honor days, you and I were two of the ones that were kind of like. They've got so many other better guys on that roster. Why is Roderick the one getting the main event push? And it was just always weird to me that he would get pushed over, say, um, trying to think of, like, initially, like, Tyler Black. Punk. Or Punk. Yes, yeah, yeah, Punk. Well, one that I'll never understand is uh, they do the Punk Joe trilogy. Yeah. Um, Joe yeah. ultimately wins. And then Austin Aries is the one that ultimately beats Joe. And I'm like, uh, I think that should be reversed. But, okay. Yeah. I like the idea when people, um, and, you know, Austin Aries is fine, but, but, I mean, he's fine. Like, to me, CM Punk is like a once-in-a-generational talent, and, mm-hmm. like, it's just like there's a huge difference between these two guys, you know? <laughs> like, it's yeah. the difference between, like, The Rock and, like, like Al Snow, you know? Like, like one of them's, <laughs> like, 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 good, and the other one's, like, a, like a megastar. And so, to me, it's like, how is this even like a question of of who should be the the face of your company? But um, yeah, well, we said it. Um, I don't know. We're always on the opposite end of that. I remember in TNA when they were pushing Aries over Alex Shelley, and we were yeah. the two that were screaming, "No, it should be the other way around." Yeah, uh, I'll I'll like to this day. Also, what the fuck is is Alex Shelley doing these days? He's like like he doesn't team with Kushida anymore. Does anybody know where he is? Uh, he just won the Ring, uh, the Ring of Honor World Tag Titles with Chris Saban. Oh, I don't watch Honor. Ring of Honor. Um, yeah. All right. So he's um, he's in Ring of Honor. He's one of the tag champions, but he never got that breakout. No, he didn't. Wanted. And it's to me, it's like, and that was one of the things with TNA. Like they were so like blind with like the do the guys that they pushed and didn't push were so fucking nuts to me. Like, like. Mm-hmm. You see Alex Shelley and um, Kevin Nash and some of the 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 banter and chemistry they had, and you're just like, like, how do you miss this guy? Like, how, like I don't get it. Like, good build. They, you can, go ahead. I was gonna say, in, in their minds, they probably thought it was Nash. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, That's I how, guess maybe. They probably gave Nash all the credit for those, which yeah. is not. I mean, granted, Nash is great in those segments, but Shelley and him, like, mesh together so perfectly that I thought yeah. sky's the limit for him. Yeah, and, like, I mean, like, to me, like, good-looking guy, good build, he can work, he was young, he could talk, like, I, I don't know, it's just like, hey, that's a, that's a, like, that's who I would, like, get and market and push, and it's just like, I don't know, it's like, 
they're like, oh, you know what? Let's push, like, we'll change Austin Aries to Austin Star. And he's got, like, sunglasses. Look at that. He's got sunglasses. <laughs> That's great. Like, I don't yep. know. He's just, uh. Yep. It's like, I mean, it's it's like, it's like we always talk about Cody Rhodes. I'm like, how do you not fucking see a star when you look at that guy? Like, it's just, I don't know. I feel like they're guys, and it doesn't take you long to get them. Like, you know, like, Kenny Omega's a super hyped guy, and you can be like, oh, I've heard a lot about him. And then you see him in the ring, and you're like, oh, yeah, this guy bumps like a motherfucker. You know, and you kind of like, it doesn't take you long to understand, like, where the appeal is for a lot of guys. And it's just like, it it boggles my mind how some promoters are like, well, let's push Eric Watts instead. (laughs) I think in a lot of those cases, um, like, I I think, going back to Austin Aries and TNA, I think Jeremy Borash really liked Austin Aries and probably fought for him. And I think that, that's what happened there. And I guess that's where the backstage politics aspect of it comes in, where if you get the support of management, they'll push you regardless of how the fans yeah. are reacting or whatever, it's like you've got to get management on your side to get those pushes. Sometimes. Well, I remember, like, do you remember in, like, 04 when Diamond Dallas Page was in TNA and he was, like, really over and he was working with guys and they're like, oh, we're just going to get rid of him. I'm like, why the fuck would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't last long. He was only there for, what, like, three months? Yeah, they, like, got rid of him. I Like, it was, it, like, it was, so, like... I I have no idea. Like that, what is as dumb as WWE is, it's nothing compared to TNA um, or Global. Meanwhile, or Scott Hall, get over here. We'll give you seventy-five chances. Yeah, and I mean, I love Scott Hall, but if I'm running a fucking company and trying to get off the ground, you know who I'm not hiring? Fucking insurance liability, Scott Hall. Exactly. Well, to me, once he no showed that one pay per view, that should have been it. Like he never should have been brought back. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, come on, guys. Yep. Unreliable. All right. Anything else we got, or do we hit it all the big ones? Um, I think the the one big one we haven't talked about is the return of War Games, which will be the main oh, event of the yeah. next NXT special. Yeah, that would be, I, which, which I would imagine would be Sanity and like Drew McIntyre against Undisputed and Roderick Strong. No, it's um Oh, they've I already heard, announced a card. I think yeah, it, they've already done the taping, so I think the match has already been announced. Uh what I heard it was the Undisputed Era versus Authors of Pain and Roderick Strong versus Sanity. So it's going to be like Ball Brawl 98 where it's three teams. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Wait, Authors of Pain and Sanity? No, Authors of Pain and Roderick Strong versus Sanity versus Undisputed Era. Oh, so it's three teams of three. Yeah. Oh, couldn't it have been like two teams of four? I I, I don't know. You have to ask people and save money (laughs) on it. (laughs) Yeah, you'll have to ask Triple H on that one. Yeah, well. All right. Uh, um, so, yeah, okay. Well, I mean, I guess that'll be cool. We haven't, like, I haven't, we haven't seen Authors of Pain since, like, the, the Summer they Slam, the, the Brooklyn one. Yeah. yeah. It's been a while. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was good. Right. I, I'm looking forward to this match just because if they go all out with it and do the two, uh, the two ring setup, 
it'll just be cool to see that again, and I think they've got potential to do some really good stuff with it. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody, thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate all the support. Um, stop by with us next week. Check us out on the site, on the Facebook, on the Twitter, and we will um, and we'll have updates for you. So for Mr. Patrick Kelly and Mr. Eric Clancy, we are signing off.